0: it to the good Lord, you know, wipe your slate clean, take me to your river, I wanna go.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. That was a little taste of something that's coming up in this episode.
2: A, a taste of something tasty. Oh
1: my gosh. If you're a Leon Bridges fan like us.
2: And if you're not,
1: fuck you. <laughs> Get on
2: board. He is so.
1: Get on the back good. of his motorcycle. So, Leon Bridges is the guest today. We're still the same people. And I'm going to skip that part. Yeah. Okay.
2: Still miniature mouth.
1: You're cool. I'm average.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: So, Leon Bridges, who, if you guys recall, we kind of went on a little love fest with him about, I don't know, seven months ago in a fact check because yes. we're just obsessed with him. And we played some of his songs and I got back to him. And then on Twitter, he said, I would love to come on your show. And he came, and you guys. Oh,
2: my God. What?
1: I don't think we've had a sweet... Good boy. He's a good, good boy, and he he might be the sweetest guest we've ever had. Yeah. And when you... Well, when,
2: him and Tony Hale, they're tied.
1: Oh, my God. Uh-huh. You're right. That's a great reference. They're in but the same category. But when Leon left, this would probably normally be in the fact check, but again, if you don't like Leon Bridges, fuck you. <laughs> he left, and Monica, we looked at each other, And we both basically said at the same time, I want to keep him. Like, I want to invite him to live at the house, and I want to take care of him.
2: Yeah, I want him to hang out with us, and I want to rub his back.
1: Yes, and nurture him. (laughs) Yeah. We want to nurture him. His new album, Gold Diggers Sound, is out now, and it is awesome. So make sure you get that on your playlist ASAP. Please enjoy Leon Bridges.
3: He's an object. Where do
4: you live? I live in Fort Worth. Oh, you do still? Uh Uh-huh, holding it down.
3: Oh.
1: (laughs) You ever been out there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I used to work for General Motors. Okay. And we used to, I bet once every two years, we'd have some stupid car show event at Billy Bob's. Yeah. Mm. And then we would stay at this, what a hotel, I wish I could remember the name. (laughs) It's like. Fucking carpet was just soaking wet with water, cockroaches everywhere. Right. Yeah, oh. it was like, nice. oh my God, you know my story about going into the Burger King? With the dudes all had their shirts off. Oh yeah, yeah. And they were swearing in the microphone, that was Fort Worth. Fun.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, a, what a good first impression. We loved it. I'm yeah. from Detroit. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, we felt very at home. Yeah. We went into this Burger King, it was hot as fuck. It was like 100, it was the only place that was open. We go in there and like I don't know, there's maybe five dudes working behind the counter and three of them no shirt. Yeah. So I'm like, here we go. <laughs> and then I order, I'm like, yeah, can I get a um you know whopper extra mayonnaise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I get this? Can I get that? Then my buddy, he's like, one whopper. Fucking extra mayonnaise, but he throws a fucking in there. <laughs> was like, oh my God! Like, oh, see, how you, see the- how you feel? <laughs> you know, <laughs> swearing over the speaker. <laughs> fucking <Ooh>. extra mayonnaise.
4: <laughs> some fucking extra mayonnaise <laughs> for this man. Did you get down on some um Whataburger? I mean, that's like no, absolutely. Right? Is that
2: classic Fort Worth?
4: Yeah, that's like the Texas equivalent of in an house. But you can't even compare them though, no. really. No. You know.
1: So I did a movie in Austin 16 years ago. Mm. And I can't wait to see how this is going to play out. Oh, yes, We got it. We're going
4: to make it work.
1: (laughs) This is my dilemma every time I wear a hat. (laughs) Are we in there? Oh, my
4: God. You look totally in there.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, my God. (laughs) what's
4: good. First of all, you came here. This is so thrilling. You're in the attic. Yo, this is i mean surreal like it's crazy like i had a whole bunch of friends that were just like blasting my phone up just like oh yeah dax just was shouting you out in the podcast illegally playing your
1: music yes too. we were hey go we ahead hey, get it get it. <laughs> <Anna>. <laughs> afterwards we were like is that what we get sued for or is that like that's just love like that's just yeah. snippets
2: we i were played just, it through the phone yeah we yeah. were singing your praises.
1: Mm. <laughs> I mean, I've liked you, what, 15 Coming Home came out? Totally. So six years I've liked you, but something about quarantine this year, mm. you became the theme the music. The soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack mm. for our whole pods last year. Mm. We play spades four days a week. Do you play spades? I don't. I, don't. <gasps>
4: I never got down with the cards. Okay. My, I just can't count
1: fast enough. And, it's not uh, your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we sat in the house for a year playing cards and listening to, they do a good job with the Apple Essentials playlist. Right. Fuck, I got to back up. When it really kicked into another gear with you was when I heard your Spotify Pony. Ooh. I was like oh my god I was obsessed Annoyingly so Making everyone listen Is this not the fucking sexiest version of the song That could possibly have been made <laughs> Oh my god is it good Yeah I
4: don't know if I did it all the way justice But Genuine that's that's my guy You know, That's your dude When I was younger I mean he was the guy that I would try to emulate As uh-huh. far as like the dancing thing Yeah for sure Where's he yeah. from Genuine I think he's from baltimore i might
1: be wrong yeah. yeah he's got an east coast feel i guess yeah now fort worth hold on i'm getting distracted Mm-mm. what i want to tell you is that i was on this tv show and every morning hmm. this wouldn't be a complaint on their end but every morning when i got my makeup done i wear makeup by the way you should <laughs> you should know now i'm not wearing it now but at, right. at work i do
4: <laughs> no, make makeup was great okay yeah, great. okay <laughs> good good good
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, every morning getting makeup on, we would listen to Pony on repeat, mm. and when I was in there, everyone knew, Oh, we're gonna listen to Pony on repeat, and that's how it was.
2: Leon's Pony, yes, Leon's oh, Pony, that's wow. why I became obsessed with it. <laughs> wow,
1: oh my god, it was weird to start the morning with that big of a sex charge, yeah, like 6 a.m. on coming a set,
2: down all day. Then, off of a high. yeah, you,
1: it's hard to keep that flow going and, i mean it's, it's good to get it started you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay so fort worth mm-hmm. now the only band i associate with fort worth is ghetto boys
4: mm. yeah fort worth the scene is kind of predominantly country but uh-huh. i look at it just like myself as a small speck amongst such a dope lineage oh, of musicians. Yeah, who else is from? You look at Towns Van Zant. you look at Bob Wills, and even from the South Side where I grew up, you got guys like King Curtis, you got Cornell Dupree, and then you got Kirk Franklin. And then here comes along little O me amongst all those greats. Okay, did you like country growing up? I didn't. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't either yeah, growing I, up. I mostly gravitated towards R&B music. My father was really into um, Curtis Mayfield. Oh, yeah. Man. And Sam Cooke. And my mother was re- into
1: Anita Baker and Sade. Oh, I could have taken your mom on a hell of a date. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, Love Deluxe yeah, sure. inside she would, have, now. she would have loved it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know he still will, perhaps.
1: But yeah, I still will if, it's, if she's up for it and your dad signs off. Mama. Of
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and so it wasn't until I picked up the guitar and started writing was when I started to discover Rolling Stones and Van Morrison
1: uh-huh. and country
4: music through the kind of songwriting.
1: Yeah, because if I have it right, and I won't have it right, but... My understanding is Keith Richards was obsessed with blues, right? And Mm -hmm. he learned to tune his guitar and all these blues settings, which no one was doing in rock and roll. And that's how he got all those amazing riffs, right? They're kind of easy once you see him play them, but it's all about the tuning. Mm -hmm. So it's weird. It all kind of goes in a circle, right? Like it started with them, then it goes to, and then somehow you listen to Rolling Stones, and then it comes back to this. Right, right. It's really interesting. Like I love those guys like the Van
4: Morrison's and the Neil Young's, I love how they interpreted soul music, uh-huh. essentially. You can hear it yeah, in the yeah. music.
1: Yeah. Well, the only other person that makes me feel as horny as your songs do <laughs> is Van Hunt. Were you ever into Van Hunt? Mm-mm.
3: Oh! We love him. Oh! It. Oh, 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 I'm oh. missing
1: out. Do you remember that song? Seconds of pleasure, life's little treasures. Oh, my God. It was big ones. <laughs> so. Terrence. Well, first of all... Do, I'm a great singer, right? We both agree on that. You're in there, dude. You're in there. You're in there.
3: I like those lyrics. We have never
2: interviewed a singer in which (laughs) Dax doesn't sing. Every time we interview a singer, you find a way to sing, which is confidence.
1: Leon's going to make jokes.
2: Yeah, it's not the same. same. It's
1: not not the same same at all. Oh, my God. I want you to be in the van hunt so much. Well, I'll table the van hunt thing for a minute, but couldn't be sexier. Now, how did you the aesthetic that you have, which is incredible? Mm. I fucking love it. In Mm. fact, I wanted in an act of solidarity to like somehow dress like you today. Oh, I don't have anything to do it with.
3: Yeah, I looked in my
1: closet, and this is the one era I couldn't match you on. (laughs) You can get down with it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. You have this '50s (laughs) soul R&B '50s '60s aesthetic. When did you start becoming interested in that? So before I
4: kind of embarked on the songwriting thing. I was pursuing dance. Oh, okay. At this little community college called TCC, And each piece we had to it's sort of like emulate a certain era, and so uh, right. there was this one seventies piece that we did, and I had to pull like this outfit for it, and it, it just kind of kind of stuck with me, mm-hmm. and I kind of gradually started bringing those pieces home. Uh-oh. I was essentially stealing, um, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, and, and
4: that kind of became my style. What age is this? I was a good old, like, 22 or something like that. Okay,
1: okay. It like five minutes ago.
2: Yeah, it was right. not that long.
3: You're, <laughs> yeah, young. yeah. You're younger than even me. Yeah, I know. I know, I yeah. which it's I didn't want to bring up. But it's going to start, start happening to you,
1: oh, you know, as you age.
4: Over the years, just kind of, like, with my music as well, like, my fashion has evolved. Uh-huh. It's like, even when I initially started writing music, it was more so of, like, a folk R&B thing. And then I... Transition into this kind of '60s aesthetic, and for me, I just wanted to kind of, in some way, keep the history alive within the music, uh-huh. and so I wanted to outfit some of my narratives with the '60s thing. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like all about embodying the whole Texas culture, and uh-huh. it's like you know, you see the boots. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, you know we what see what the boots. They're hard creased. They're so gorgeous. Great. And I left my Stetson at home for show. You put and, that on too, and th-
1: these are Wranglers. No, I think these are Lee's. Oh, those are Lee's. I think so. Okay. They're fucking. Shout out to Wrangler. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Trusted. Very Very trusted trusted brand, Wrangler. Mm -hmm. Now, but your hair, especially in motorbike, that's very 60s. I fucking love it. Is that a pain in the ass to get that? perfect wave? Man, it's actually not all that
4: hard. It just involves like a little curling iron. Yeah, that was a style that certain guys, black men wore in the 60s Uh and all the way up into the 80s. And I know there's like this certain stigma around it, but that's what I love about from the 60s to the 80s era, black men dictated what the vibe was yeah 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 you know
1: yeah. so what is the stigma like oh back then guys were relaxing their hair to make their hair straight which is to make it like white people's and basically oh. uh-huh
4: yeah just like this stigma of black men trying to
1: emulate white hairstyles it's so different it's not like you ever look at those 60s there's so many musicians that had that not once did i look at those I'm like oh, this guy's trying to act like a white
3: dude. <laughs> right, like, right, no right.
1: confusion at all to me it was still very signature black culture all the way right it aesthetically looks dope oh i love it you know we're gonna roll with it you know (laughs) (laughs) okay now i I do i have a i have a sensitive question now so i was married to a black woman on tv for six years Mm -hmm. and her hair i learned all the intricacies of a black woman's hair Mm -hmm. number one like don't fucking touch it that was made very clear to me Absolutely. Um, it's, it's a very sacred thing. <laughs> and not don't touch it in the way that like white people touch black people's afro like right. weirdos. No, just don't fuck this up. I had it done Monday. Totally. And it's got to last till Thursday. That kind of don't fuck it up.
4: And kind of both. I see some people very intrigued by our hairstyles. I this mean, was
1: though, it, Let me just say these were like lovemaking scenes. And she'd go, look, everything's cool. Just don't touch my hair. So, right? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have touched her hair. I know. I'm
2: glad she told you not I know to. I am
1: too. But anyways, so she, of course, sleeps in a headscarf.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And she told us that when the scarf's off, <laughs> her husband knows, like, it's time to party. Because I'm not sleeping in the headscarf tonight. That's funny
4: because I can totally relate to that because, like, I wear a
1: little bonnet. Or
4: do-rag going to sleep and, yeah. and they just like happen to slip off during the night and you just wake up just <laughs> depressed because your hair is a damn mess.
2: I don't understand this like white proclivity to touch black hair.
1: Oh, I do. So if you're white and you grew up with only white people, you've only seen like straight hair or minimally wavy. Occasionally like carry head curls, very rare. No white person has a afro where you could touch it and it right. feels as no, an afro but- feels. It's totally wrong that people do it, but I see why they've not yeah. seen it and they want to know what it feels like. It's but totally a, inappropriate. A
2: redhead, you don't see that often. And I don't think people are like, can I touch your red But there's red nothing hair?
1: tactile about touching red hair. The Afro is very tactile. Yeah, I, guess, I don't know, yeah. you weigh in, you're- Right. Yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> I'm getting scared, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just think
4: some white people are just intrigued by it. And like, we can do so much to our hair. It's like, my hair is like super malleable. So like, you can kind of do whatever with it. and it's. I don't know.
1: Sky's the limit. Yeah. I can part mine on the left or the right. Mm. That's what I can do with mine. Nothing like good old part. <laughs> <Good old park. laughs> okay. So, an Anderson Pack directed motorbike. Mm-hmm. So, my other great obsession is Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. I, oh, fuck. What do we think about Anderson Pack? How'd you come to know him? He must have just dug your shit. And did he reach out to you? Pretty wild. So, I
4: first discovered. Anderson pack through one of my homeboys um, Sam Anderson funny enough he was one of the guys that allowed me to play some music on his platform and that ultimately turned into like my success in a way
1: is this one of the guys in white denim
4: yeah for sure. okay okay but yes my homeboy Sam Anderson put me on an Anderson pack and at the time I mean like I had never really heard anybody do soul music in the hip-hop realm yeah like that fast forward it was kind of my, something my manager brought the, to the table about Anderson directing the video. Yeah. And I was a little reluctant
1: at first because... Sure. You'd well, love him to play drums on one of your songs. I'm like, yeah, but well, you let's, know. Like, yeah, let's <laughs> sing some.
4: You know, I didn't know how he was on
1: his directing tip.
4: You know? <laughs> so I checked out some of the other stuff that he shot. And honestly, I was like, okay, I think doing this collab would definitely put some more light on the single motorbike. Yeah, for sure. I first ran into him at the Roots picnic. Literally, DMX was performing, rest in peace. Oh, wow. And one of my homeboys was recording a video of me, like, dancing and stuff. And Anderson, like, walks into the video, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's what's up, man? (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, we've kicked it at, like, various times. But yeah, he was dope to work with, man. Like, super hilarious dude, like, quick and efficient. He's pretty genius level. He's tapped into
1: some print stuff or something. Totally. I love his most recent stuff with Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's Super cool. cool. Yeah. Have you watched by chance, there's this NPR video series called Little Desk Concert or something? or Tiny Yeah, yeah Desk. Tiny Desk. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you done it? I have. Oh, you have. have? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to
4: watch that. <laughs> it's funny. When I was kind of on the verge of signing with Columbia Records, they asked me kind of what did I want to do? And the first thing I came to the table was like, um, I just want to do a Tiny Desk concert. Oh, uh, no
1: shit. Wow. And, I can,
4: and I can go home. And, and, uh, <laughs> Call
1: I, it. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait,
2: what? Did, I haven't even heard okay, of Okay, so
1: I discovered Tiny Desk because Mac Miller died. I'm friends with Talib Kweli. He had posted something about Mac Miller. I was like, oh, if Talib likes him, maybe I should check him out. I check him out. The first thing that I stumble upon is him on the tiny desk thing, which Mm. I didn't even know about. But NPR does this cute little thing. They're literally about the size of this attic. And big groups come and put on a little concert around this tiny desk. Oh,
3: cute. And so
1: then I saw Anderson Pax, and that's, again, how I fell in love with him because he's playing the drums and he's playing... 16th notes, Uh, and he's singing, and he's nasty, and he's joking. And I'm like, oh, the fucking comfort level this dude has in his own skin is just so appealing.
4: He has such an infectious
1: kind of energy. Yeah. And uh, his performance
4: is is deemed as kind of one of the best on that whole thing.
1: Oh, I totally Mm -hmm. believe Mm -hmm. it. I've probably watched it 25 times. I'm always like, yeah, yeah. yeah." Yeah. Oh, my God, I can't wait to watch yours. What did you play? Coming Home?
4: Yeah, that was right out the gate, Uh 2015. But yeah, I did some records off of coming home.
1: And so you were dancing, but then you were also doing music, and then you started kind of performing around Fort Worth at smaller little venues, right? Yeah, it was initially dancing,
4: and kind of how I fell into music, there was this group of people that would, like, on campus that would have these kind of jam sessions. I always loved to sing. I would kind of hang with them, and we would just improv. And that was kind of how I first started, like, writing and, and singing. And then these two dudes from White Denim, whose names I forget. Uh, yeah, Austin Jenkins and Josh Block.
1: They're from Austin, yeah? They're actually from Fort Worth. Oh, they are? Yeah. They live now in Austin, I guess. Totally. I think at that time,
4: they kind of had a little break from tour. Uh-huh. I met Austin Jenkins at this bar I used to frequent called Boiled Out. I was wearing some Wrangler jeans, uh-huh. and, he, and that's kind of his thing. He noticed that. Uh-huh. Fast forward, he pulls up randomly on this open mic that i was doing and after my set he was like oh did you write those songs i was like yeah these you know some tunes i've been working on and he's like i'm here in town for a little bits let's set up and and make some some music
1: yeah but do you have a voice in your head like me like any possible good opportunity for me i'm like oh, someone's trying to fuck me or something someone's there's some weird there's no way someone would be helping me this right. can't be. i wasn't
4: really skeptical okay that's great in that way at that moment I definitely sensed that he was genuine. Uh-huh. And so we met up at his spot and we kind of did some demos of of just like me playing acoustic and he took that and wrangled up the band and went for it.
2: How yeah. long into open mics was that?
4: At that point I'd been playing open mics about maybe a year. Okay. I was prepared for him <laughs> to say 2 weeks. <laughs> I,
2: I mean, yeah, it feels like it feels fast.
4: I mean, the timeline of it is is Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because 2014, I got my first car. The top of 2014, f- fast forward, August is when I made Coming Home, and then December is when I signed You're with playing Columbia Ascent. Records. And, wow. Yeah. And then playing yeah, Crazy.
2: Unreal. And you didn't even know you were a dancer just a month before that. I
4: was a, I was a DD, a dancer and a dishwasher. A Ooh, DD.
2: Double D. D squared. Yeah. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> 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 okay, so 2000. 2000- 14 I guess right you record coming home with these gentlemen mm-hmm. and then get signed to Columbia
3: mm-hmm. and
1: then 15 the album comes out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the album then is nominated for a Grammy for best <laughs> R&B album wow. and then December of 15 he's at Serenity live
2: wow oh my god can you even process
1: not at all i you
2: mean can't,
4: right that was a wild year because i think the first thing i did was before the album came out I was invited to sing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And then there was the Met Gala opportunity. Oh, my and God. And then
1: uh, uh, <laughs> SNL and, like, man, just so wild. There's was, no time. Like, where <laughs> did you build your confidence? Because how nerved up were you to fucking walk? By the way, I've been to SNL a couple times. When you see the stage, you're like, oh, my God. Like, it's like.
3: Paralyzing.
1: It's like going to Mecca. There's like, oh, my God, I've been watching this stage for, for me 30 years. Right. All the faces that have walked out of those doors and mm-hmm. done the monologue and all the bands. Yeah. It's crazy.
4: Totally. I mean, th- everything was so new at the time. Like, I was just so excited for all those opportunities. I I didn't really dwell on the fear of playing on SNL. I was still nervous, but.
3: Yeah.
2: Did you have any, like, imposter syndrome complex with it because it was all happening so
1: fast. I've not even heard this story. How could this be happening to me? Another part of this story generally is like you would have moved to New York, Nashville, or LA, and you're just still at home Yeah, and taking planes out of fucking Dallas to go to SNL. That part's wild too.
4: Yeah, I mean, even now, with all the accolades, I always ask God just like, why did I get this opportunity? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it's just wild. I mean, transitioning from the normal life that I had to whatever this is yeah. now.
1: What was the first car in 2014? This is going to tell me right. a lot about you. <laughs> it was a Ford Fusion. Okay, a Ford yeah. Fusion. Can I tell you what I want you in? I want you in like a 1976 F-150 with the two-tone, and I want white in the middle and red on the outside. Wow. Funny because I have a
4: 78 Bronco. Yeah, you do. In the works, Mm -hmm. white and black. Okay. two tone.
1: Okay. You know. I do know. I do know. I do know. I do know very well. Is it already been painted? It has. Okay, too late. I mean, what were you thinking? They had a fucking green scheme in 78. That's off the charts. It's too funky. It would never be out now. It was like a light green and a forest green on the outside. And for your whole rhythm, I think it would have been... You popping out of that green thing? It fits <gasps> it, you know,
4: because I, I, I initially was like kind of rocking with the the G wagons,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
4: I fell in love with that. And then I kind of caught wind of those little what is it? The Land Rover Defender, the Defender nineties for sure. Yeah, and I was like, what car embodies Texas? And like. The Bronco
1: kind of felt that. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know. This could be another car for you. Get so many. Yeah, get, you can have Get that. too many. I have too many. <laughs> mm-hmm. All I do is think about what needs to be repaired. Right. It's only fun once in a while, but it's worth it. So you just keep buying them. This is my next pitch for you. Because the quintessential Texas vehicle is the Suburban. Right. And if you could get yourself into like a 70, oh, the fucking lines on it. I'm gonna take my pants off while I describe. <laughs> Gorgeous. Anyway, so we'll just think about that. Yeah, we'll, a, we'll stay in contact. And we'll do this together. This yeah, will be something please. I'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because also, I might even buy it for you. This F one fifty because it's not I on mean, your radar, but I know what you would look like in it.
4: <laughs> hey, I'm not opposed to that. Let's just keep accumulating cards. Yeah.
1: Okay. So Seriant Live. Do you think in some way when you look back on it now, like I have this thought sometimes, like I thought I could do stuff. Just because I didn't know I couldn't do stuff. Mm. Like stuff early in my career for sure. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll try that. Yeah, I can play a Scottish guy. I can't play a Scottish guy. But I would have had to because I said I could do it. (laughs) You know, like, do you ever look back and go like, oh, wow, now I guess I'd be nervous to walk into SNL and do that show. I think now
4: if I was to have that opportunity again, I would be hella nervous. Um,
1: (laughs) Isn't that weird?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at it just – Looking back in hindsight, just like everything being so new, yeah, and, and then just me being so ecstatic about everything, yeah, yeah. You know? But just like the whole
1: concept of SNL, just like yeah, go, it's live, yeah, yeah. Who were we talking to, Monica? That they were saying like the beginning when they start singing, they're off. Oh, it was um, Sean Mendes. He said when he's walking to stage, his ego is saying like, you got to give these people a great show you're either i'm the king look at all these people here or i don't deserve this one of the two like the ego's really busy and he said always the first two notes blow and then he just fucking finally that shit just goes away and then he remembers he just likes playing guitar and singing and then Mm -hmm. the rest of it's like easy and i was wondering if you have any like ups and downs when you first start a song live man
4: it's so weird like i can play a tune all day just like me and my guitar, when the cameras are on, I have so much just self doubt, even in the middle of
1: my performances. Have you ever taken beta blockers? No. Okay, so beta blockers are things that like many people take in the performing arts. I know that they're pretty regularly used for people auditioning for like symphony orchestras, right? Where they have so much anxiety about it. It prevents your blood pressure from getting to a certain level in your heart rate so mm. you never really start getting too nervous about it right my wife takes them when she has to sing and do big shows for people and they work amazingly for her I wonder if it'd be worth an experiment. You'd have to do a show you didn't care about, like, right. oh, I don't really care if I fuck this one up. No one's there. <laughs> you give you it a do it shot. Here. <laughs> I mean, I can go get my wife's beta I, mean, I was,
4: high, I mean, I was high key, like, nervous before stepping into this situation. And I appreciate y'all for. Oh my god! Being yeah. so rad. Was, what was, kind of
1: kid were you like in school?
4: Were you shy? I was really bashful and, uh-huh. and, and quiet yeah. as a kid. Do you have siblings? I do. One brother and four half sisters.
1: Okay, the brother, older or younger? He's older. Did he look out for you? He did, he did. Um, oh, it sounds like he could have done a better job. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was a notable pause.
3: <laughs>
4: it's
2: okay, I didn't look out for my little brother, so.
4: Now, my brother, he could fight, kind of like natural fighting abilities. So, yeah. like, he always had my back whenever I'd when get the situation. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: yeah. Now, when you're shy, I imagine once you take that road, like, I'm shy, then, then girls would start kind of coming to you.
0: I, <laughs> I've seen that work. I've seen
1: that yeah, work. Right. I went the other way. I was like, "Look at me! Look at me! Look at me!" But then I'd notice, "Why well, this shy guy? He's a boy. He's got a lot they, of attention." Because
2: they feel safe.
1: Yes, they feel mm. safe, yeah. and then the women want to protect the person. Mm. And I don't know. There's something about it. Yeah, I see that. Honestly,
4: I think that's a quality that resonates with women sometimes. You know? Yeah. Because I mean, because my whole vibe is when I'm out, I never really try to spark convo with women because I never really try to lean on. My fame, leverage,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, to get with girls, you know, yeah. Well, you should do it for a little while, um, (laughs)
3: okay, you know. Well,
1: but were you like artistic in high school? Were you athletic? Were you like what was your clique that you were in? Mostly
4: the dance thing, because like I started dancing when I was like 11, 12 years old. I remember seeing, I think it was the Michael Jackson. 40th anniversary show or something like that. And I remember trying to study like his gliding, sliding, or whatever you call it, and using those moves at the school dance
1: the next day. So isn't that wild though that you would be shy and then also want to dance? Because those things are like diametrically opposed.
4: Right. Funny thing is like I was known as as the quiet kid. Nobody uh knew. uh It was kind of a thing I only did at home.
1: Uh huh. And
4: in my senior year, I signed up for. The senior show was essentially like talent show or whatever. Yeah. And I got together with some homies, and we danced to This Is Why I'm Hot. My whole class, like, their reaction was just
1: crazy. Like, no mm-hmm. one knew, you know, yeah. I had a so exciting. It was a
2: secret. You, you were yeah.
1: like the girl with glasses on it, and her hair was <laughs> up, and then she took the glasses off and let the hair down. I was like,
4: oh, my God. Right? Yeah, I totally t- <laughs> t- t- out to that. You know? <laughs> t-
1: no, nah, it
4: was dope. I had my little bit of fame. Yeah. You know what so I'm saying? Like, Felt good. Yeah. Felt good.
1: It's fascinating because that's hard to yeah. get up in front of your school and you've been quiet and then you're like, oh, P.S. I do this. Check this out. It's just a big swing. I'm glad it went well.
4: And, yeah, and it's like, now I wonder what those guys think about kind of where I'm at currently. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, I didn't really have too many close friends in uh-huh. high school.
1: Yeah, like the people you think will be become successful exactly. in show business. It ain't always that people. We interview a ton of people, right, that are like, they're movie stars, but they're shy and they're not extroverts by any measure and they're not the life of the party or they don't want to be the center of attention.
2: Well, also, you weren't singing. So if if they're like, wait, that person from our high school, totally. I, they didn't, didn't sing. sing. They didn't do anything. Now they have a Grammy and they're on right. SNL. Like right. how bizarre if someone from my high school who didn't do anything like that was now hugely successful. It would be hard for me to wrap my head around.
1: Uh, for sure. Yeah, for I would sure. dig it if I were you. Like it makes sense if
2: you're a theater kid and <laughs> exactly. then you become an actor. Yeah, then totally. it's like, Oh, they were trying even yeah. then. But yeah. Although I'm going
1: to argue since they already had the experience of the kid they never heard talk once get up and fucking <laughs> yeah. break out like that. Mm-hmm. That's true. They were probably like, mm, don't count him out of anything He's at full this of point. right. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Right. Like if you were on the next space shuttle they'd be like, yeah, I guess that's what he he did totally that too. Totally indicative of like, yeah, where <laughs> where
4: I was heading in the way, you know.
3: Stay tuned for more armchair expert if you dare.
1: okay so like when does it settle in how long can you enjoy coming home before you're like oh i gotta do it again and then do you have any fear of like fuck i guess like i'd compare it to tarantino like directing pulp fiction now it's like oh fuck i gotta hmm, i gotta make another one of those masterpieces right
4: yeah man transitioning into making my second album was a rough process it was because coming home was like all the songs i accumulated over the years and was just like writing in my mother's garage and my bedroom and yeah all those tunes and moving forward and just like figuring out how to push my sound forward without like alienating my fan base yeah and that was hard because i was so used to like creating music with Austin Jenkins and Josh from White Denim, my management, encouraged me to maybe go out to L.A. and work with this guy named Ricky Reed, who's was now I mean he's my good friend now, but yeah, I was super apprehensive. Yeah, um, for sure, making that change.
1: The label itself, they didn't want you to like, because I could see where there would be pressure, like you gotta do the same thing, like it's gotta feel like we found this album no one ever heard. Because the first time I heard "Coming Home," I was mm-hmm. like. Could this have escaped my perusal of that era? Like, is this an old... You know, like, before it was explained to me, I was like, wait a minute. Did this exist? Like, it's authentic enough that you think that. Right. Luckily,
4: the label, they encouraged me to not stick with the same thing. And I personally wanted to keep evolving in my sound.
1: I just feel like we both would like this song. Do you love... Sorry, Monica, but I'm in love with Leon, and I want to (laughs) bond. Go ahead. Diamonds in the back, sun rooftop, digging the scene with the gangster lean. Ooh, yes,
4: that's Devon. Was it William Devon? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
4: it's funny because like a lot of heads think that that's Curtis Mayfield. Oh, really? It It sounds sounds
1: very Mayfieldy. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love Curtis Mayfield too. Oh man, that's underrated
4: songwriter and. R&B guitarist, for sure. Yeah. What was the soundtrack he did? Oh, it was uh, Superfly? The Superfly soundtrack. Oh, my My goodness. favorite song, Think. Have you heard that one? It's kind of like an instrumental kind of vibe, but it's
1: it's rad. I know I have it. Sorry, Monica. We're, <laughs> we're, <laughs> Don't we're worry. Be- we are become best friends. Think. Think. Yes. Uh, Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield.
2: Another song we're going to steal.
1: Thanks
4: for the McAllen. Oh, Is that your jam? Yeah. What's your jam? Man, I've mostly been like a bourbon dude, but I'm kind of switched to the tequila okay. vibe. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more refreshing. Sure, sure. Than bourbon. Sure. Bourbon's kind of one of those like
1: heavy. I'm an yeah. alcoholic, and mine was Jack Daniels. I just fucking nice. love Jack Daniels. You mix it with Coca Cola, boy. You got a real yeah good mixer. There. I could I yeah. couldn't get down with Jack much like that. But <laughs> what were you drinking, Jim Beam? What bourbon? Wood- Woodford Reserve. I love Blanton's. Oh, these are all, like, artisanal. I hadn't heard of either Though, Yeah, Yeah,
4: totally. I mean, this is, like, really good quality whiskey. I think Jim Beam's a little.
1: Oh, it's garbage. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I love it. It's fucking great. (laughs) Certain things pair well with others, right? So Jim Beam, you're not from apple country, but I am. The move during apple cider season, which is fall, where they make all the apple cider, is a barrel of the cider, and then dump in a handle of Jim Beam. And Ooh, that mixture, I'm not pitching Jim Beam on its own, but <laughs> I am pitching the cider with Jim Beam. Buckle right. up, okay. I mean, what a ride, what a ride. So very fall. Like a, yeah, nice. very autumnal. No, I love, it. I love <laughs> it. Did you get it? Yeah. All right, let's see.
2: Okay, let's hear it.
1: He's tickling the guitar, isn't he? Yo, he he has such a unique way
4: of playing and I would I mean it's totally like the pioneer of all the freaking R and b licks that we hear in today. It's uh-huh. like music.
1: Okay, now I'm recognizing it. Mm -hmm. so 70s. Right. I can see like an album cover. It's just getting painted in my head. Mm.
2: (laughs) I can also totally see that that's your favorite. Like there are definitely through lines, I think, to your music.
4: Man, the 70s era is kind of one of my favorite eras for R&B music. Yeah. But I'm a little particular when it comes to it because there was a a lot of... Garbage? Jim uh, Beam? uh, Well, just like... (laughs) I don't dig the R&B stuff that sounded like a Shaft soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, like Uh
1: like, uh, generic funk? Basically. Yeah, Um, yeah.
4: And when I listened to this and like Bobby Womack, they definitely had kind of a unique thing going on.
1: What about the Meters and the Isley Brothers? How do we feel about them? They're dope. I don't listen to them enough
4: because sometimes I, I get stuck on one artist and...
1: Oh, I can relate. To I'm stuck leave. on this guy, Leon Bridges. I <laughs> <laughs> Solid <laughs> year. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about one song in particular. And mm. if people told you what we were saying on the podcast, you may be already aware of this. But Shy, you channeled something with Shy. I don't know wow. what happened with Shy.
0: <laughs> oh, That's my Dax's God. Favorite. Oh, my
1: God. I mean, it is. It fucks me up. When did you write Shy? What was happening? The angels that visited you, what they look like? <laughs> right. <laughs> To be totally
4: transparent like that was a very collaborative tune so there's a writer named uh, dan wilson who wrote closing time
1: oh right wow. right yeah
4: so just kind of wanted to in a way kind of tear the narrative of like a sentimental booty call yeah yeah
3: yeah,
1: yeah yeah yeah, that's the thing though there's a couple people oh john legend when we talked mm-hmm. to him i was like you really somehow wrote the line of being sexy and yet, you didn't get into the creepy territory, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's really a hard line to ride. Right. Same with Van Hunt, where it's sexy as fuck, but yet there's no disrespect yeah. within it. Right. I mean, you look at a lot of R and B music from the
4: '90s, and the message of getting down was so straightforward. So it, it's all about
1: <laughs> telling that story in a way that poetic, uh-huh. you know. Although, I have this song, I absolutely, probably my favorite Anderson .Paak song is Suede. Yes. I mean, that song has got, oh my God, so much stink on it. It's so good. And I tried to get Monica to fall in love with it. And understandably, she doesn't like it.
2: No, it's not that I don't like it. Okay. I just, it's not my favorite. And I do think it is because there's some misogynistic stuff in there that I'm just like, okay, like. I'm not going to choose this song because it, it uh, reminds me of right. misogyny. So why I, I would I that. pick it? Uh. I like the sound is fantastic. but
1: Yeah. yeah. There's moments was, in that song that I oh, like that. Oh, because I just want to justify that I still love it. Right. And so my argument was, are you getting nervous?
2: No, we can't. We've already talked about it on here. Oh, okay. We can talk about it I'd love it to again. hear Leon's No, opinion. me
1: too. Me too. <laughs> so my opinion was this, just to remind people, if I call you a bitch, it's because you're my bitch. And as long as no one else calls you a bitch, then there won't be no problem-ins. So that's the main issue Monica has. the main
2: problem-ins.
1: That's your number one problem-ins right. with it. And I said, maybe you should think about it this way. Like when black dudes started calling each other the N-word, mm-hmm. there were white dudes on the outside going like, that's a disrespectful, you, the history, you shouldn't say that. That's derogatory. To be. And black folks were like, shut the fuck up. This is our word now. Fuck you. You don't get to tell us how to use it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And so my argument to Monica was, it is possible that the people Anderson's singing to, who he's singing to, bitch isn't the same thing that it is to you. And maybe it's not for you to decide if those women who he's singing to have Mm -hmm. a a positive association with it or a negative. Maybe it's not our position to judge it because we're not in his world. Right. I hear it. And honestly, like, the, the vibe
4: and aesthetic and energy in the song for me outweighs, yeah, this, that little moment. Like I, totally. I personally like wouldn't call the woman a bitch. You know? Yeah,
1: what if um, she was your bitch?
2: See, this is very. <laughs> you know, this is exact. This is exactly. There ain't, you. ain't no fucking problem.
1: You know, like, uh, there ain't no problem. <laughs> <in this. laughs>
4: That's player music. Like mm-hmm. yeah. play ya, not player. It totally paints a picture of just like. Caddy vibe they
1: yeah for know. me it's like it's okay if people have a little micro culture that they all live in and they all know the rules of it and that what is being said isn't disrespectful if you're in their culture and know their rules but i'm
2: not saying that's not true but i'm saying that i for you yeah yeah, and yeah, and if yeah. he is not in your words he's not singing for me so then yeah. i guess he's not singing for me so right. i am not gonna yeah yeah pick yeah. yeah i'd rather but, pick Leon song. Yeah. Shy? Shy river.
1: Uh, any of them. Any mm. number of them.
2: Yeah, we are fans. <laughs> okay, was, now what's love. great
1: though is that when I heard you can be shy with me, at one point you go I can be shy too. Right? Baby come over. That's kind. Yeah.
0: I can be shy, I can be You can be shy. You with can me. be
1: shy with me. Do you say I can be shy too or I'm shy too? Oh,
0: and I'm kinda shy too.
1: Yes, I'm kinda Aww. shy. Too.
3: It, oh my oh god. Oh my god, <laughs> you just saying a little of me I, too. I, I, I got, got
0: goosebumps.
1: <laughs> I got oh my god, I'm fucked up. Okay. It's <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, we're in the same predicament. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But when I heard it, of course, my assumption is, Leon Bridges isn't shy. Oh. Like, his fucking- he is shy. Well, now I know. I but then, when I heard it and fell in love with it, I was like, his aesthetic, everything about him, he's so out loud. This dude's not shy. And then I thought, was oh, he just telling her he's shy? <laughs> because, <laughs> so they can relate. But what I love now is like meeting you. That's such a sincere part. Yo. I
4: mean, I'm I'm trembling. I mean, as I'm in this interview.
2: <laughs>
1: don't please no, don't. don't. What not. would make you comfortable? Do we need Rob to take Shots? his shirt off or anything? You,
4: you know what? That, that could
1: definitely break the ice. You know, or maybe I should take my shirt off. <laughs> yeah, let's all drop yeah. our shirts. Yeah. So now I like the song even more, which mm-hmm. I didn't think was possible. Yeah, I'm shy to the core, but I've had to grow to be, I guess extroverted it's painful though right my wife's kind of introverted and it takes a shitload out of her like if she can do it and Mm. she can click into it but whereas i get energy from that Mm. it exhausts her Mm. do you feel exhausted after you have to do that stuff like press stewards
4: it's 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 definitely draining and for me i recharge in the solitude Uh. but it's funny because i I can turn it on and off it's like when i'm in my element on stage i have a whole different persona
1: Right, it's like an alter ego of that. Like,
4: totally, y'all definitely got to come out to a show. <gasps> yeah, uh,
1: oh, we're gonna yeah. be at. Every I, I do play around when it when it gets <laughs> out, You know. It's,
3: yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh my God, how fun!
1: And I guess there's more dancing than I would have guessed.
4: There is. There is. Yeah. Yeah, because that was my whole thing. Is like when I first jumped off, I was dancing, but I tried to avoid just how people would expect me to dance in this kind of 60s aesthetic. It's not, yeah. Wah,
0: wah, wah. yeah, you know, it's like,
4: yeah, it didn't match up. Yeah. So like when I would be on stage, I would incorporate some of like the more modern and like a little hip hop in there. Yeah. In this kind of like 60s context.
1: Yeah. yeah. The only guy that was like breaking out was James Brown. James Brown was the only guy in the 60s that right. is like lighting the stage up on fire dancing. I might be wrong about that. Everything else to me, like temptations and stuff, it was all choreographed. Everyone did the same thing. No one just like lost their shit, Tina Turner style, right. except for him. Totally.
4: I mean, yeah, he was definitely kind of unmatched in that way. Like th- there weren't any heads around that time that were dancing in, in that way. And I mean, and the music was a reflection of yeah of that as well.
2: What was the first song you wrote? And were mm. you just like in your room, and it just how did it happen? <laughs>
4: So the first song I wrote was this song called Conversion. And this is before I started playing guitar. And I remember I would go on a site called Bandcamp mm. and search beats.
2: Oh, wow. And
4: so I remember sitting in my car and just writing the tune. And Conversion is a song I wrote in like 2011. And I was able to release under this collab with this band called Karungbin recently, but it's basically about when I first kind of transitioned into Christianity and Uh just talking about, like, my experience. Were you
1: late to go into the church? It's not something you grew up with immediately, or?
4: So, I grew up going to church. Okay. It wasn't until, like, I was about 18 to when I developed, like, a personal relationship.
1: When it was a decision you made and not your parents made for you. Exactly. Did something precede that? Was there like an event? Was there soul searching? Was there sadness? What led to that commitment? Man,
4: it's going to sound like such a minuscule thing, but I remember the time that I turned my life around. So silly, but um, that time I had like left my MySpace account on, this is when I was way younger. I left my MySpace account on and my mother, she like found it, and just like saw that I had this whole separate life from what lines up with how a Christian should live. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I was doing the same thing on MySpace, just <laughs> solidarity. And yeah. it wasn't nothing crazy. And so my mother was like, you need to turn your life around. I don't know. At that moment, I just felt compelled to just, okay, I'm going to get serious about, about my faith and yeah. study the Bible and turn
1: away from... How I was living, what do you pick up from that process like do you feel less alone? do you feel like connected in a way that like there's safety, man? I feel like my
4: relationship with God has diminished pretty significantly, but mm-hmm. I kind of don't even know where I'm at right now, yeah, you know yeah, but if, if it wasn't for that moment, I would have
1: never wrote songs like River or
3: yeah yeah yeah, you
2: yeah. It's do, so do, do you, do you
1: remember how it felt though I guess Here's why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. When I first got sober, you're obliged to believe in a higher power. Right. And I was always an atheist. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking believe in a higher power. And I'm like, and I don't want to die smoking crack. So hmm. I'm going to choose the thing I want to do less, right. <laughs> which is right. like, give this a shot.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had a moment, like I really gave it my all. I gave it my all. I was on my knees doing the same prayer over and over again. I did start to feel some weird thing that I was like, Like, there were moments where I felt safe. Right. I've accepted this thing in me, and it's making me feel safe. That dissipated for me as well, but there was a moment where I really enjoyed that feeling for sure. Definitely. Like, I
4: think it's pretty rough to kind of navigate through life without believing in some higher power. Some meaning, yeah. Definitely. That's kind of how it was for me and kind of what— pushed me away from it, was kind of starting to see the division within Christianity.
1: Yeah, the politics of religion yes. get a little rough. And
4: then kind of when I started doing the music thing, and I would say that's kind of when my
1: faith started to decline in a way. Perhaps it was a placeholder of purpose, and then you actually started finding your purpose and finding your outlet to feel connected to something, and that that felt good as well, or similar. mm no,
0: no, no, no.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're allowed Not at all.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, music was definitely something that I could cling to, but I wouldn't say like that necessarily superseded like
1: the bigger feeling. Yeah, yeah. Now back to your second album. Mm-hmm. It was rough because you knew you were gonna evolve. Uh-huh. And yeah, the famous saying I've heard a million times is like, artist's first album they've been writing their whole life. So for you, like 22 years or 23 years, and then now in 16 months, you got to have a whole new other life to talk about. Right. And that whole life is just on a stage, basically, if things are working.
4: I felt like, and all love to my label because they've given me the room to just make the music that resonates with me. I felt a little pressure during that process. I felt like the label just holding a gun to my head and just like, okay, give us a second album.
1: We love you, but you will have to turn in right. an album someday.
4: <laughs> and so the process was a little different because my first album, we set up makeshift studio, recorded all analog equipment, and my songs were pretty much already realized and, and done. Yeah. And the second process was different because so I went out to LA to collaborate with Ricky Reed, and the whole vibe was how like a lot of artists make music but he would basically show me like a library of beats Mm -hmm. and i would pick what beat resonated with me and we'd take that and just like write a song to that work it Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that feels like a lot of pressure like okay go you said you like this beat what's gonna come out now
4: and it's also, like, a crazy concept to just throw an artist in a room with strangers, yeah. you yeah. know,
2: and, and yeah. expect
1: them to dig
2: It's so vulnerable. For the song. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're
1: so exposed. You're, like, you're going to fail a bunch of times before you come up with the thing that right. works. Mm. And you're going to fail in, all these, in front of all these strangers. By the way, that's the one thing I relate to as an actor, which is, like, You go to the set, everyone works for an hour to get it ready, Mm. and then you step onto it, and then all 100 people just look.
2: They're staring at you, And you
1: fail. Mm -hmm. You do it wrong, you get the words wrong, you don't get the emotion right. And everyone watches you fail like eight times, and then they... Now they start worrying, like, God, I hope he gets it. We got to move on. And you can, you
2: can feel it from everyone, too. Mm. Like, oh, no, like, I'm wasting people's
3: time. You seriously. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then you do it. And then, of course, that has its own elation, which is like, oh, that was really hard. So that's cool. This feels good that I did it. And this time, like,
4: I'm collaborating lyrically with people with something I'd never done before. Yeah. And so during the whole process, I'm fearful of, like, giving any input on a certain song in fear of, like, it being deemed as a dumb thought or yes or yes, whatever. Yeah. And so I was dealing with that during the process.
1: What well, I mentioned, too, I'd be afraid that I'm going to lose my voice. Like, I'm not going to—I don't mm. want conflict. I don't want to battle them. They all love that. I don't like it, and I don't really want to say anything, and, oh, my God, they're about to take <laughs> my voice from me. That's what I would feel like.
4: Definitely fearful of, like, them or Ricky. That's my guy. I love him, love him to death. Fearful of him— making my sound too polished yeah and my second album was it was a polished r&b record
1: that i love (laughs) (laughs) i'm
4: glad i made that move yeah because it pushed me out of kind of pigeonhole
1: land yeah also it's hard to know as a human when the discomfort's good if it's growing pain like Mm. who is uncomfortable because it's new for me But that's not to say that it's not good for me versus this is uncomfortable because I'm not getting to do the thing I wanted to do. That's a much different pain and hard to know in the moment, which it is.
4: Definitely had to learn to kind of embrace that discomfort. Uh huh. Just knowing that ultimately, like, this is going to be beneficial.
1: Yeah, you got to believe that in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine you like conflict, though. I mean, I definitely... And try to avoid it. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. You, you know. can bring in your
2: older brother for the <laughs> right. conflict. Yeah, you should him around and
1: you whisper in <laughs> his ear like, I don't like that at all. <laughs> I mean, that's a stupid <laughs> lyric. Tell them that's so stupid. I would never right. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't
4: want to, you
1: know, step on anybody's
2: toes. <laughs> it's also tricky because I think they're being presented to you as experts. Mm-hmm. Like, they're being presented as they know what they're doing, but it's you. Like, ultimately, you know the most about what you want.
1: And he's there for doing something that wasn't what everyone was doing. Exactly. Mm. But
2: I think it's hard to tell someone who's, quote, more experienced or something. Like, actually, I'm not crazy about that. Or it's just a hard position to be in. Yeah, you would not do well. I would have a
1: hard time with that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely was kind of a bit of a conundrum because you have these musicians and and producers who've had success in the past and and they know what they're doing. And, And at the same time, just accepting that just my shortcomings right and just understanding like this is healthy
1: yeah it's a chance to grow if you have the right attitude yeah the first screenplay i ever sold the production company was really successful and at one point the guy was like "Mm, you need a monkey in this uh script Mm. and i was like a monkey (laughs) (laughs) this is real wow yeah we put a monkey in this movie and it uh, no. Tested yes, it wow. tested blah blah blah. We put uh, something in this other movie, then we tested it. He's like, just start with a monkey. You got to figure out how to put a monkey in there. And by God, I did. You did it. I did. It was my <laughs> first thing I sold. I, I tried to oh do the best God. version of putting a monkey in the movie that I could, Oops. and that's.
2: <laughs> and then that movie did not get made. <laughs> it didn't, I it didn't yeah. get made. Yeah.
3: That's kind of,
4: I mean, that's kind of <laughs> tantamount to like, the music industry in, in a way, like how some heads try to follow the formula yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah.
1: i'm lucky to where i I can deviate from from that with my music but see i really love like shy would have never been on the first album not at all and yet i fucking love that song i mean it is (laughs) so good for that (laughs) shut up (laughs) you guys there's this new song i really like (laughs) Mm. for what box it's fitting in Mm. it's still incredibly authentically you mm. and yet it's in this box that i love that box i love tons of music that's in that box and yet it still has your fingerprint all over it so it's all good
4: i'm happy you see it that way man there's there's so many dope elements in that song and that's kind of how i look at music is like when i approach writing i was like how would al green Mm. sing over this modern production yeah and i think that's what worked for me i'm glad it translated as
1: this is still Leon. This is still authentic. Yeah. So were you as proud of that second album? Or did you have like you fear or misgivings? Or? I'm proud of it now. In the middle of it, it was pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And who were you with out in LA? Do you have a girlfriend or anything at the time? No. Nah. Oh, it's just you. Yeah. And you're going back to wherever you're staying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, and you're I, in I Los mean, Angeles. I, I haven't
4: been in a serious relationship in a minute.
1: I mean, uh, nor has Monica.
2: Oh, Dax
3: say, is trying to go.
1: match. Bum, 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 here we bum. go. <laughs> <laughs> She's not that shy, but she could probably no, play I'm shy. Not. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> so, now your new album, mm-hmm. which is Gold Diggers Sound. Yes. This may be really weird. This has no business on the podcast, but it started to occur to me when I was reading about the new album. Was it recorded at Gold Diggers?
4: Yes. So. Yeah, Gold Diggers is kind of this like multifaceted complex in East Hollywood. I think it was once used as a sound stage for some like nineteen forties movie. Okay. I heard it was a strip club at one point. Uh-huh. I think what resonated with me about it was just like the aesthetic because this was gonna be a place that I was gonna ultimately like live in and make music in. So like there's this dope hotel and it's totally unassuming from the outside. You would never think that it is what it is. Yeah. And so I was definitely drawn to, like, the aesthetic of the rooms and the decor. That That's important, like, while making oh, an album, yeah. be in a place that's
1: inspiring. Yeah, visually. Totally. Yeah, if it's the same place, and I've seen pictures of it, it's, like, very era, right? It looks 60s in there or something.
4: Oh, totally. I mean, it's totally parallel with
1: Your whole my thing. whole thing. Uh-huh. I mean,
4: I had been working on this album over the course of two years,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and we felt like there was something missing and so we felt like the only way to unlock what we needed was to kind of sit up at at night and create this totally like immersive experience to where we're inviting some of our favorite musicians and writers and literally like making it a party yeah yeah come um, in at midnight exactly check in late we got the tequilas out the, 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 the and <laughs> the coffee and, and and just going at it oh man and, and it was this album process it was almost a homecoming for me because I was able to come back to, like, the whole live recording process. And so a lot of these songs were derived from improvisational jams.
1: Really? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so this will bore you because you already know it. But up until, I guess, maybe the 70s, they could only Mm -hmm. record on, like, two channels, when they recorded. So the singers in some instruments would all have to play perfectly at the same time. And right. then you'd have the drummer and the bass on some other track. And then they learned to ping pong. Now there's infinite tracks. Yeah. So they isolate everybody. Mm-hmm. But it must be cool to go back to the like, oh, no, this has to work. Yeah. Real time.
4: Absolutely. Back then, like, you had to be cold at what you did. Yeah. Yeah. Now we can kind of rely on the modern way of Recording yeah. things and stuff. Sliding this, yeah. micro hair this right. way.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like theater versus film. Yeah. In a lot
4: of mm. ways. During that time, it's like, if you fuck up, it's like, <laughs> well, let's start that over again. And, uh, and
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was $68 worth of tape. Right. So we got to right. put a whole new reel on. That's going to take 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> Ooh. So the new album... But well, we to, gotta
2: go back. We gotta go back to the oh, real quick. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you haven't been in a relationship for a long time? Oh,
1: great question. Mm. Really good question. I mean,
2: you're obviously busy,
1: right? That is a factor for sure. But you're great looking. You got great style, and you got some paper. So I don't get it, right? <laughs> you know, <what? laughs> I, I mean,
4: nah. I mean, the, the gals they don't love me like that, man. Nah, <laughs> I, just, I can't be uh, okay. That's that's like, no. <laughs> you know, I'm all about like dating with a purpose. Like I've had opportunities to be in something serious but just like understanding like what i want and what i don't want i love singleness and my whole thing is like if i do enter into like a serious relationship i, I want that
1: to ultimately be the whole thing yeah i know that sounds crazy but no like, no no, no, no you're 32 31 31 yeah when i was 32 mm-hmm. i met kristen mm-hmm. and, I, and i was like I can't just date people anymore because mm. I want to be a dad by the mm. time I'm 38. Mm. I don't want to be a dad at 48. So I got to like be really clear about what I'm looking for. A year after you, yeah, I was thinking that way as well. So I don't think that's crazy. Right. What are we looking for? What kind of gal are we in the market for?
4: Man. Mm.
1: You get to design her in the laboratory. I definitely hope
4: she's a Texas gal. There we go. I think it's refreshing to
1: date women who
4: see past. The notoriety. Uh Uh-huh. You think that's
1: easier in Texas? Oh, for sure. Really? Sure. Because I'd imagine here you're like hot shit, but guess what? There's hot shit like on every block. So it might just be like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Dime a dozen. Yeah, you're hot shit, but so is your neighbor and his neighbor and her neighbor. Man, I don't know. I'm not not even popping like that, you know? So I
4: got to really bring some game here, you know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't think
1: you have to do much, to be honest.
2: But it's more than the fame, I feel like. There's something about a singer Big that you're, like it's not even famous but someone who's like talented in that realm.
1: Well, we feel mm. like we know your soul. Mm. I yeah. feel like I know your soul. Right. I don't know you but I feel like I know your soul, which is crazy, but I do.
4: It's interesting because like when you look at the music, I think women can have this like
1: idea of who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super romantic, like every time they're with you at sunset. Yeah, yeah. Sing to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Where were you, honey? Oh, I was just writing a beautiful song about you. (laughs) Or like, oh,
4: was that about me?
3: Was that? (laughs) No, I took
1: bits and pieces from. uh, uh, (laughs) Well, the other thing is, and I've always thought this. Hmm. So you even said it, like, you go on stage and that's a Leon Bridges. Like, that's right. the Leon Bridges that can deliver to an audience. Right. That's not you, per se. That's not you at home. And I would have some fear that anyone that got attracted to me watching that version of me is going to be disappointed when they get in the house, because that's not me.
4: Definitely. I feel like it's still a part of me, but, like, outside of the stage, I mean, I'm a pretty low-key yeah. cat. I honestly love being
1: alone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stay tuned for more Armchair
3: Expert, if you dare.
1: Now, are you excited for the new album releasing and then all the work that'll accompany that? Because now you got to what go out on tour and stuff, all the traditional stuff. Obviously, probably you're Jones into play, huh? After quarantine for a year. Honestly, You loved Quarantine, I can tell. Man,
3: <laughs> it, it, if it could
2: have stayed
4: that way, I would have been totally content.
2: I didn't hate it either. Yeah, we, we kind of, we liked
4: it, it too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now that everything's kind of gradually getting back, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm really excited to see what Gold Digger Sound is going to do. I love saying Unpredictable. Yeah. And, and uh, I think this is a, a new thing. And it's... It still feels like me. Well,
1: I've only heard Motorbike, and I love Motorbike. Mm. I love it. Did
3: you
2: think it was about you, written for (laughs) you?
1: Worse, I was like, "Oh, he wants to be like me." Oh my (laughs) god! (laughs) (laughs) Even Leon Bridges, he wants to be a motorcyclist. (laughs) Man, that's a good one. Do you ride a motorcycle? Yeah, it's
4: it's funny because I'm terrified of motorcycles, but I'm gonna learn ultimately. (laughs) Uh It was a moment in during the riding process where I was like, "Oh yeah."
0: My motorbike. I mean that
4: just feels good. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um but it represents kind of the unspoken chemistry between, you know, yeah. you and your lover.
1: Yeah. When you're riding a motorcycle, you're not like turning a steering wheel. You are infusing with it and making it go where you want to go. It's more like riding a horse, I guess. I don't ride horses, but do you ride horses?
4: Nah, I don't. Oh, no. I don't. Okay.
1: Your Wrangler's begging to go for a horse <laughs> yeah, ride. Yeah, I, I
4: grew up in the city, man. You know say i never, never stepped foot in the country. But yeah, man, I mean, heads, like, they say, oh, it's it's similar to riding a bike. And I'm like, well, motorcycles are significantly heavier than bikes. so
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More like, power. More, totally. <laughs>
4: yeah, there's a lot more
1: going on. Right. <laughs> now, do you have a tour already planned?
4: Yes. I'll be doing some festivals kind of sporadically, and then touring starting September. Mm. Um, okay. I'm really... Do you tour on a
1: bus or do you fly everywhere?
4: Man, I, I, I'm, I'm not that popping to be in a PJ yet. <laughs> no, yeah, we mostly tour on a bus. Yeah. Like everybody else. You know? I wouldn't fuck the PJ. You see the bus, my bus
1: when you walked in? Yeah, you can I'm walk. all about the bus Let's life. I'm go. trying to be like you. I'm, I'm hopping on with you. you said, like, <laughs> yeah, get I'll, a bunk. I'll drive you anywhere. Let's go. Guaranteed. <laughs> I hope you don't mind listening to your own music the whole fucking ride on repeat. <laughs> all right. I'm all good. Yeah. <laughs> so Gold Digger Sound is available for pre-order now. It doesn't come out until June? It'll be out like end of July. End of July. Yes. But you can pre-order it now, and the single motorbike is already out. What are the odds that you would sing for us? I got it. You got it? Oh,
2: yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. The tiny hints that you've been kind of singing. Yeah. It's crazy uh, what can come out of people's mouths. <laughs> I
1: know. What song? Oh fuck.
2: Well, do we have an how many do we have
1: six, do we have six songs hours with those? you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you tell us like there's okay. got to be songs you, that lend themselves better and worse. Okay. True. To do you have a guitar? Oh, God. I should have brought my freaking guitar. I got a guitar. Oh, whoa. I'll okay. go get it.
4: Amazing. Let's go. Let's oh, go. Oh, this is
3: so let's do exciting. It. And oh, if, my God.
4: If you have a capo, you have a capo? I do.
1: Okay. I hope it's still on there. Okay. My kids play
2: with it. So Ooh,
4: let's yes. Go. Perfect. Yay. Oh, yeah, it's go time. Go time. I'm leaning towards doing something new, but I don't know. Okay,
2: yeah. Say. <laughs>
4: i playing with the cable. I, get oh, <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh-uh.
0: I loved you at the peak, adored you in a valley. Ultimately. A wild flame can be contained. You wanted longevity. I wasn't ready to go there with you. Brown eyes turned to fire blue. But I'm grateful for the times that we had. I didn't mean to leave you sad. I was playing with your heart like a child, but I rather ain't in tears fall down. God.
3: <laughs> oh, <God>. oh.
0: <laughs> it's so fun for us. I know. God. I know. And traveling these wide road so long. My heart's been far from you ten thousand miles gone Oh I wanna come and give every part of me Let his blood on my hand and my lips are run clear. In my darkness, I remember, remember. Mama's words reoccur to me. Surrender to the good Lord, you know, wipe your slate clean. Take me to your river. I wanna go. take me to your river I wanna know Get me in your smooth waters I go in As a man with many crimes Come on forever As my sins float down the Jordan Oh, I want to come near and give Every part of me But there's blood on my hands And my lips are unclean Take me to your river I want to go Lord, I wanna know, take me to your river, I wanna know, mm, oh my
2: god, oh boy, oh boy, oh
1: boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We are uh, so lucky, uh, it's The luckiest humans on planet Earth. Earth. Thanks for Oh me too. Oh my time. God, thank you, what a gift. Is it gonna weird you out if I smell the fretboard afterwards? No, not at no, all. see no, if no, I can do do pick it. up some of your some, some, yeah.
0: scent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 it's an LB, LB.
1: Oh my that lord That was incredible. Yeah, that was transcendent. Thank you, Thank you so much. Mm. It's bonkers what a human can do.
2: I know. Well what it some like human you, yeah. can do. Why can't we? It's not fair. Right. But it
1: makes me it makes me like us as a species <laughs> more. The like,
2: aliens love this part.
1: This is the aliens favorite thing, Liam, when they're watching us from of uh, their spacecraft, they're trying to figure out what the fuck we do. It's we're <laughs> like very these, confusing. Yeah. We're zipping around in cars, right. going where, who knows? What's the For point what of it? Yeah. Right. And then every now and then someone like you does that. And and they go, oh my god, these, they these yeah, right. they're really, they're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, humanity's cool. Yeah. 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 Is there a yeah. song on the new album that you would want to play? Mm. Or Are they too guitar heavy? You're really, really handicapped we right handicapped. now. You yeah, I'm time. so fucking mad. My capo. I should have brought,
4: brought my my, uh, my capo. Here's the thing. My,
1: my kids think that capo is a toy, and so mm, right. God knows where it's at in the house. <laughs> Let me
4: see,
0: like i <laughs> We don't stop, with the time Lovers in another life. Let me remind. You. Look back, see me behind you. When it feels good, you don't have to try. And if you say so, say so, let's go. I know you're all that I want to send you What do I got to do? Get you on the back of my motorbike. Switch lanes, 29, oh girl. It's whatever you like. Ooh, on the back of my motorbike, write your name in the sky. Oh, girl, it's whatever you like. We can ride, ride, ride.
4: <laughs> oh oh I'm
1: like, my. God. I, I have
4: this finger picking thing that I do to it. Just need the capo. That was kind of a... Yeah. Oh, that, uh, that was but,
3: great, no, that, that, that works.
2: That works. That oh! Works. How do you... Okay, so when you first start singing, are you like, huh, I'm pretty good. Like, do you know immediately? <laughs> like, I just can't... I can't imagine not having done it and that being in your body. Yeah. And then right. being in your 20s and, like, just kind of trying it. But no one's told you you're good at it because you haven't done it.
1: That's also kind of Seal's story, if I remember correctly. Mm. Do you Mm. know his story? No. Seal started very late as well. Like, that wasn't his thing. And then he just started it, and then he was fucking Seal. It's an impossible question, because we basically said, like, how do you know you're great?
2: Well, (laughs) are you just singing and, like, I guess I could keep... I mean, obviously something in you said, like, I'm okay, or you wouldn't have kept going with it.
4: Right. I think, in a way, what gave me a little hope early on was when I was rocking the open mics and just like the feedback. And I kind of understood at that time of being somewhat of an anomaly in Fort Worth because like the scene is predominantly country Uh-huh. and there weren't a lot of like singer songwriter R and B type thing going on in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause when you look at the R and B spectrum in let's say DFW, Fort Worth, Dallas, you look at like, erica badu oh there's a lot of music that's kind of derived from that sound
1: yeah which is like neo soul we yeah would say,
4: right? and for me it's great music i just wanted to take a different path with it like for me it's like kind of doing the r&b thing from a texas lens and when i say that it's like it's r&b music with like country and folk nuances
1: Oh, man. Well, Leon, this has been like a for real
3: made my year kind of thing. I'm so happy you
1: came. Dude, thanks for freaking having me. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Anytime. We love you so much. Oh, my God. I mean, well, I'll speak for my taste. There's not a ton of music where I'm like, oh, yeah, I see their soul.
3: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of shit that's good, but not like where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can feel what this person's... Heart feels like. Yeah. And, and you do that, man. It's so Dude, good. I'm so happy it resonates. Oh, know. yeah. Couldn't be more obsessed.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: really quick. LA it just doesn't infect you at all, right? You can't wait to get back to Fort Worth.
4: Not at all, man. It's like I can dip in and out of it, but I'm um, at the core Fort Worth.
1: Do you, you think know? maybe it also keeps your songwriting better? In that, like Chappelle, he's like, Mm. I can't write about what's funny if I'm in the center of what's funny and I don't have an outsider's perspective. I need to go back to Ohio to have the outsider's perspective. That helps me synthesize it all.
4: Right. For me, I just think if I lived here, I would easily kind of get lost in the mix. Uh huh. It's really grounding to live in Fort Worth and to be in the place where I grew up. And my family's there. My friends are there. Yeah, And I need that for my peace
1: of mind. Well, also, know? it kind of helps in being humble. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like if you lived out here, you could start believing your own shit like I have. Right. And then, but, if you're, <laughs> if, but if you're like, you got a new walk and all your friends and your parents are like, what is this? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leon, man, so much luck with Gold Digger Sound. Thank
2: you. Let us know when you have a show here. We'll, oh we'll my be there. God. I,
1: gotcha. I gotcha. We will, yeah, we will be we're there. we so excited.
4: Pull up, we gonna party it out. Yeah, yeah.
1: We'll, we'll be the two people exploding in the audience. That's how you'll know who we are, is what we're gonna vaporize. Up on stage,
4: point. you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: when, you play, when you play Shy, oh, and you boy. dedicate it to Monica and I, oh. I'm gonna vaporize. <laughs> I got you. We're gonna I have did. to drive Big Brown there, even though there'll be no parking, no nothing. We'll have to bring yeah. the bus. Yep.
3: <laughs> to the Greek five minutes <laughs> away, yeah. we Love drive the bus. Take me 40
1: minutes to put the pop-outs in, yeah. and 40 minutes to put them back out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leon, again, man, a million Thank thanks. You. So happy Thank you. you came in in person. It was so my man. Oh, what a what a privilege to see you sing. On that stupid To have stupid your vocal cords, your vocal cords yeah. vibrate my, oh my ears, God. not know. through a fucking intermediary. Right? Huh? Mm. <laughs> it was as tasty as you'd imagine. All right, man. Good luck with everything, my man. Thank you. And now my favorite part of the show: the fact check with my soulmate Monica Padman. Damn, those are cool. Rolling. I'm kind of jealous. I don't have that color. Get them. Fuck, those are really cool.
2: I really like the the mic on it. The black. Yeah, it's but it's like iridescent.
1: Oh, he's he's iridescent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh man, <laughs> what a taupe. Is this the fact check? Yep. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs>
2: I have new shoes. We can't
1: even like start the fact check because I'm fucking mesmerized by Monty's new Geordies.
2: They're really cool. They're like if a I do taupe. Say so myself. Is that um, the right color? Uh, yeah. I would call it a taupe or a, a deep sand.
1: Deep sand. Yeah. Fucking a. And black.
2: That's right.
1: And like kind of also kind of gold. Yeah.
2: It gives the illusion of black and gold, which is are your colors. That's my
1: yeah, my thematic colors.
2: And then my the the mic on it, the Michael Jordan on the Jordan, is in like an iridescent, almost pinky black.
1: Do you know my favorite? Um, not my favorite. One of my favorite Jay Z lyrics. Tell me. Is and where I am the Mike Jordan of recording, and where you might want to step back from recording.
2: Oh, say it again.
1: Well, I'm saying N word
2: <gasps> oh. instead of
1: the real lyric. Oh,
2: oh, oh, I think I've, thank I've you. really had
1: to practice at that because it's hard to get it to sound I'm, in the same cadence.
2: I'm glad. Thank N-word
1: you. N word, I am the Mike Jordan of recording. N word, you might want to step back from recording.
2: Wow,
1: but He's, he says Mike Jordan, which I fucking love. Of course, he does. Yeah,
2: they're probably best friends.
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like all the coolest
2: people are best friends, you know?
1: I sometimes think that, but then I also sometimes think there's not room in the rooms for those people.
2: Yeah, but Jay-Z and Mike, Jay and Mike, yeah. they, they're they so cool. Jay, They're so cool. They're at, in another echelon. Stratosphere. That they they don't suck up any energy. Like, they they just sit and they're so
1: chill. Well, again, that could be a problem. Like, both of them are just... Used to probably sitting in the room and being adored. But if they're both there, who's doing the adoring? But I guess I'll, they probably adore each other.
2: I'll be there.
1: If Mike Jordan doesn't adore Jay. He does. Ding, ding, ding. What if this leads to, in the way that Liam Bridges <sighs> ended up, what if this leads to them? Uh, listen, Mike or Jay, hit me on Twitter. I'm never there, but hit me there. M or Jay. I'll find it. Emmer <laughs> Jay. And um, we'll do this. Dang thing!
2: We also just had Tim Grover on earlier, so like we're really putting a lot of Mike Jordan out there right now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And I just believe in putting stuff yeah, out do there.
1: Too. We do. We just had a guest on today that, you know, by all accounts, dismissed Monica Nice' <laughs> belief in kind <laughs> of like
2: manifestation for lack
1: of a better like the secret.
2: Yeah, she doesn't believe in it. She yeah. was amazing. Oh, Can't wait God. for you guys to listen to that one. I it, know. it was so good.
1: I then there's a lot of like. A lot of teases, yeah, a little CT. Is- but so what's crazy is yesterday we had a guest that Monica was a fucking dish towel on her seat. She was so crazy I, about the guest. I, I,
2: I can't, I mean.
1: You can't. I think you'd tip I your I want to say
2: so much and I can't say anything. Yeah, yeah, But I was.
1: In a love bubble.
2: I kind of still am. Like, yeah. I keep thinking about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's oh.
2: doing something to me, but it's not. Do- Ugh, I mean, mm. this-
1: Tell me what it's doing to you.
2: Okay, it is making me feel so grateful for my life.
0: Oh, good.
2: That I don't. I don't want to give it away.
1: But but I'll have to cut all this. Can I just say though? So I witnessed you in this love bubble yesterday. And I was so, I was happy for you. Yeah. I was proud of you. Thank you. And you know, I don't like to be proud of anyone. Um, I know. But you I gave I me permission. To,
2: yeah. I want you to be proud. Yeah.
1: So, and then, so I was very vocally proud of you and um, a little bit jealous <laughs> of the fun love bubble because I know what that's like. Yeah. And then today we had a guest where I kind of got in the love bu- bubble for a minute. You did? No, not nearly in the, the level. Same. No. No, just I was like. I was titillated with the person's of course. whole thing. You
2: could not be. She. Was, you were too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But anyways, no, it was. It's not the same. But I just. We both had fun, like guest experiences in the last twenty four sure hours. Sure did. Yeah. Sure did. Okay. Well, we've talked a long time about things people are just <laughs> agitated. Won't know they, they, yeah. 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 But okay. So upward and onward. But uh, oh, can I add one thing yeah. about the Jay and Mike thing?
2: Yeah.
1: J and and M. So we we Rob. Not not we, or maybe, I, I thought it was Rob, maybe it was you. Um, someone asked, and I think it was Rob, asked someone on Leon's team, does he like uh, anything to drink? Yes. And, and so Rob found out that he liked this one kind of whiskey.
2: You found out that he liked whiskey and then you <sighs> delivered.
1: Yeah, I asked what... He prefers to drink. Oh wow! And then I just found a nice whiskey for. Him. Yeah. So so Rob got his hands on a really nice bottle of whiskey. Yes. That was just kind of sitting next to the couch. It looked. It was like Mad Men. Gorgeous. I liked it. It was yeah. very sexy. Yeah. And and he's sexy. <laughs> and, and so I wonder what your thoughts on this. What if we had a guest that we found out loves a drug?
2: No. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> a le- a legal drug, an illegal drug. Yeah. Yeah. No. Look, drugs are drugs.
1: Alcohol is the same as drugs. But
2: it's legal.
1: Who cares? No,
2: I can't. But that's the part that I I feel we can't do. Yeah, it's not the drugs. Because we'll get arrested? I don't know. We didn't
1: do it. We just bought it. I guess buying it's illegal. (laughs) Yeah, buying it's bad. We're going to have to get an armchair and donate it then.
2: I would feel so (laughs) uncomfortable if I knew someone was like on coke and trying to talk to us. Like, bro, first of all, Anyone on drugs? I'm sorry. If you're on like Molly or Coke or opiates, um,
1: no, you can't. I don't think you can say that. Yeah,
2: because you're still. but you're still better without it.
1: Hold on a second, though. <laughs> uh, you're probably right that you're better, but I also think that you might have a little bit of, a, um, like, a TV perspective on what someone on Coke's like. like no, I've been can,
2: around people. On you Coke. have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because. They want to talk and talk. It's like. Well,
1: that's what we want from our guests. No, kinda, then you know?
2: they'll, <laughs> no. And then they'll be rambling. Then I'll be in my head about editing. And then okay. I won't enjoy it. All
1: right. I just thought it'd be kind of cool if like, we found out someone, um they love PCP, right? And they, they sat down on the couch <laughs> and they looked to the right and there was like a little.
2: Baggy? Uh, what does it come in?
1: I don't know. They lace doobies with it. I think it's oh a powder. Yeah. Angel dust. But, but whatever their thing, their kink is, it's just sitting there on a little, um like a silver platter.
2: No, I I'm not comfortable having okay. drugs in this attic all with, right. with, with an me, addict. With yes. Me.
1: Although that Jack Daniels is my other thing. It
2: wasn't Jack. It was well, a no, different but whiskey
1: kind. for me is tied with cocaine. Well, for fuck. tempting. Well, then,
2: Rob, that was a bad job. God you did. Damn it,
1: Rob. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, cocaine would be worse. Anywho, oh what I uh, all right? Let me let me let me back up. <laughs> what if we found out Mike Jordan would love to come on? Yeah. He would prefer to be rolling while he's here. So can, could he be on Molly? You'd say yes, no, right?
2: Molly? Yeah. That's a really bad one to have. Well, why? People are not coherent on Molly. Yes, they
1: are. They, do, they use it in therapy. Because what happens is all the insecurities you would normally have about being vulnerable and loving are gone. So you're just loving and vulnerable.
2: The other day, there was a birthday party. And apparently...
1: Oh, yeah. The person <laughs> was on...
2: This person was on Molly and was... <sighs> Out of their mind.
1: I heard that too. And what I pointed out when I heard it was, if it had been Kristen that was like that or you that was like that, it'd probably be a really cute, fun story. I think it's being a little bit shaded by the fact that they don't like that person and I don't either.
2: Listen, we're talking too much about things that no No one one understands. I know, you're right. This is the theme of this fact check.
1: (laughs) The frustrating fact check. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Welcome back to the frustration check.
2: I'll cut this. Okay, Oh, no, my legs look, <sighs> what I hate to admit it. What? They look dry because I've been washing oh,
1: them. Oh, yeah. And guess what? It's skirt and swimsuit weather. Yeah. So, you know, now would be the time to try that experiment. I can't see the dryness from here if that makes you feel oh, any but, better. Oh, that does. All I see is these banging fucking Jordy's.
2: Yeah. Well, good. They're a good distraction. I mean, I guess if Michael Jordan wants to do Molly here, I'll let him. Yeah. That's well, the-
1: Michael... Jordan and Jay Z are Michael B. Jordan are good friends. All, All three, three of them, no, no, not not the basketball player. But there's lots of photos of Jay Z and Michael B. Jordan. Oh, get out! Shit. And I'm friends with Michael, that's B. Jordan. right.
2: Ding, ding, ding. Although Apparently. I invited him
1: on the podcast and he never talked to me again. We used to text.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this Maybe, is the was truth. that Rolly on in the podcast? I'll cut that. Part. I wonder,
1: no, keep it. <laughs> um. No, but ha- yeah, I asked him to come on. And, and Normally when I would text him, he'd respond right away. By the way, let me say, I love Michael B. Jordan.
2: I'm a huge fan.
1: He's fucking awesome. He, he was so fun to have around on Parenthood. Oh, and we nice. got along so well. Yeah. I was so interested in his whole life, as you'd imagine, because he was young and gorgeous.
2: Yeah, sure. That's your favorite.
1: <laughs> That's kind of my favorite thing to talk to yeah. people about. But yeah, I hit him up about coming on and then it just, I haven't heard from him since. All right. This... Podcast has both created tons of friendships and it's ended a couple.
2: No, it has not. There's you could a... check back in.
1: I also emailed Vince Vaughn like three times and then, was it three? I think it was two. And then he just stopped responding. Good for him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like he already told He's Actually, like, he never told me no. He just never responded. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: fine for you to check back in.
1: Okay. Maybe um, you know they're re- they're doing fucking wedding crashers too. No. Yes, Panay is producing it.
2: Oh well, then Panay can hook us he,
1: up. He, he, oh, we got to get both those fuckers <gasps> on. Yes, here.
2: together. Oh, that'd be fun. You know, I was thinking. Um, I'll cut this. You know, but <laughs> there's nothing in this factor. No, we're, we're not going. We I want to
1: start a new podcast called. We got to cut this. Yeah,
2: when when the new movie comes out yeah. in October, oh. we should have both of them on.
1: Do you want to do that or do you want to have just one?
2: I want to have separately and then them both on together.
1: Yeah, man, yeah.
2: Because can you Matthew. imagine that picture?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It would be a picture of you orgasming.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
1: It um, might be the last frame that exists of you before you exploded in ecstasy. Woo. Your eyes just watered. Like, you're, <laughs> you, you just had a physiological, like, you just went somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God, Monica. This is what's so likable about you. Your face betrays you. Your face betrays you. Your eyes are. I can't control my face at all. Oh my God. It's so wonderful. I wish everyone could see that Monica's eyes are watering (laughs) and she's fucked up. Like she looks like she just left the bedroom. People don't know why.
2: I have to edit this. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs)
1: This was useless fact checkouts. Oh
2: my god. Okay. Leon. Leon Bridges. The good thing is there's not very many facts with Leon because he's oh, okay. just sweet boy and dirty. he's a sweet
1: boy. He wasn't like dropping a lot of data.
2: No, he wasn't trying to like impress us, which I liked. No, genuine.
1: That's a hard name to say.
2: Genuine is from Washington D.C. Oh, and he's dead. No, no, he's 50. He's 50. He's 50.
1: What if we started thinking we couldn't talk about anything? And like you, you said, Ginger, I was like, we got to cut that.
2: <laughs> uh, okay. When you, because you talk about what car that you thought Leon would. Oh, have. right, 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 right. So I think we should play a game, right? Like oh. I say a person and then you say the car.
1: Oh, okay. That's great. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, Okay, I should have wrote some people. Uh, <laughs> we'll cut this out. Okay, what about MJ, Michael Jordan? He loves, right, What right? I would put him yeah. in,
1: I would put Jordan in probably the AMG GT, oh, which is like, it's the German Corvette. It's got that cool bubble back end. It's a two-seater, Ooh. it's fast, it's sexy. I'll show you a picture of it. What color? I'd like to see him in a black version. Okay. Yeah.
2: How about Ashton?
1: You know, Ashton, he drives what he's supposed to, which is a Tesla, because right. he's all about tech. Exactly. And he, too, is rich, yeah. so he's going to have a nice version. <laughs> yeah. But I do think I'd rather see him in the Taycan, the Porsche Taycan, which is all electric, and I think oh. it's more in the vibe of him, because he's, okay. he's athletic.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> okay, Meryl Streep.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, man. This is too much, but I mean, I saw it right away. Do you remember the Mercedes you decided you loved? Which is like a 60s Mercedes Gullwing.
2: It had Gullwing doors. Can you imagine
1: Meryl Streep pulled up in that? Like a 60s Mercedes going so much character, so much history, so much, so, so fancy yet
3: sophisticated, but but cool. cool.
1: Yeah, because it's retro. Yeah. Fuck, that's weird. I did three Mercedes. No, I I did. I put a portion there too.
2: What would you give
3: me?
1: You have a wife. She is not a wallflower. She's a powerful woman. We like powerful women. This is great. So mm-hmm. I have to. I had to factor in, like, what you're going to get away with, basically. Like, I can't buy you a fucking two-seater sports car. She's got an SUV now, though. Yeah, not comparable. She's got a family machine, and I'm going to yeah, get yeah. you a fucking... Chip this is
2: getting confusing as to what we're asking. Like, what's practical for Rob versus what you think, like, is him.
1: Personality-wise. Yeah. A, exactly. Like, so there's, like, what I think Rob should drive. Yeah. That's what we're playing.
2: Yeah, that's what we're playing. Irrelevant to his life.
1: hmm makes you so uncomfortable when I stare at you like this, doesn't it? A little bit.
2: <laughs> Imagine if he did an impression right now, Rob.
1: I know. <laughs> All right, so so Rob's going to pull up in this thing, and when he gets out, I'm going to be like, boom. That is, that's his that's car. That's him. I got it. I got it. Use your computer.
2: Okay.
1: Go to Google. This is Rob. A BMW 2002.
2: Ooh, I already like, I like the sound of this. Wait, this very, boxy thing?
3: Very Midwestern
1: looking. Let me see it. This? Yeah, Yep. Yeah. That. Wow. That or... You're not impressed. Well, well, I'm just saying, if Rob got out of that, does that not look like him? It's kind of punk rock, but it's it's German, so he's like, oh, I'm kind of, I have a Euro flair. Uh, I'm edgy. Okay. Um, I'm of means, but I want to have something that's unique and not cookie cutter.
2: All right. I, I-
1: and he's not going to have a big, like, if Rob rolled out of a big-ass fucking car, you'd be like, why is he driving that big-ass car? If he rolled out of, like, a Lamborghini, you'd be like, that is not for Rob. Right. This thing is like, it's got so much personality. It's got history. Let me hit you with one other one that I also think you'd look radical coming out of, and that is a um, BMW CSI 3.0. See? And got to put the period in there, 3.0.
2: Okay, similar-ish.
3: Nice-looking car.
1: Yeah, those are really cool. Those are those have started to get the, really crazy expensive.
2: That's a cool car. Isn't
1: that a cool car? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of the that. sexiest BMWs ever made. I
2: could see Rob. The 2002 is really
1: cool if you do it right, I'll just say. It's kind of like this car, but it's a, a more a little more obtainable.
2: Okay, what color? For Rob. Yeah.
1: I think an off-white. Wow. What do you think? Um, I can't say blue because I, like I already this said blue. blue. I, I like was gonna this say blue. I, I want to say blue, but I already said blue for that. in my way. I
2: want you to be honest. Okay, yeah.
1: Then there's there's this very thin, slightly metallic light blue that that this? car came in. Yeah, yeah, that's the fucking car. I like that. That's Absolutely. the color and that's the car.
2: <laughs> I like it.
1: It's a really cool car. Yeah, it looks cool. Oh, I have one more. Okay.
2: Uh, Forrest Whitaker.
1: Great, really great. So easy, like three or four are coming to mind right okay, away. Okay. It's a Cadillac. Again, this is like the car pulls up, you, it gets your attention, and then when the person steps out, you're like, boom. That looks exactly like the person that should own that car. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Exactly, yeah. So if you put Forrest Whitaker in like a 72 Cadillac Fleetwood.
2: Oh, that's cool.
1: And he rolls that up looks and like it's
2: like- are Lincoln.
1: Yeah. But it, it, like assume it's perfect and it pulls up. And then he gets out, you're like, fuck, man, he nailed it. That's so cool. And he can pull that off.
2: I think he's in a white one.
1: Does he drive that in a movie? Or Godfather of Harlem, I think maybe he drives something like that? Does he? I've never seen that, but that'd be great. Show me a picture of it, Monica. I want to make sure I got the right car. Yeah, I fucking if yeah, Forrest Whitaker cool. got out of there. You'd be like, God,
2: he that's slayed very it. Cool. He picked
1: the perfect car for his... He's yeah. a big guy. He's smooth. Yeah. It all works.
2: This is a fun game. It is <laughs> um, for us.
1: I wonder if anyone... <laughs>
2: But I will cut this, but but I am curious because- I will cut
1: this. I want that to be a podcast.
2: (laughs) Because it worked out so perfectly. I think it's the best color for me is my blue. Yeah. But what would you say if you didn't, if you had all the color options? I had
1: all the color options.
2: Oh, I thought they only had the blue that day.
1: No, they had like four different C43s. Uh, yeah, I like that. And I wanted the blue. Well, mostly I was, I gotta be honest, I was more driven by what I wanted the interior yes. of that car be for you. I wanted it to be tan. Yeah.
2: I get so <clears> many compliments <throat> on the interior. The
1: interior is dope.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I needed you in that color. Correct. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, that concludes the game show portion <laughs> of this fact check. Okay, one thing, the the difference between his guitar and what he played. Oh,
1: that's really important. Yeah. It actually wasn't the guitar wasn't the issue. The guitar was fine. It was that he needed a capo. And I, I have a capo, but my kids fucking play with it. And I couldn't find it. And I was like panicked running around the house. and I was screaming. I don't know what my kid! the kids don't even know what that thing is. No. They, like I'm describing it and they don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about.
2: And how do you about. describe it?
1: So a capo is this device that you can put across all six strings on a given fret. And what that allows you to do is quite often many of the chords you're playing you would be hitting the same two frets anyways. So you put it there permanently and you no longer have to use those oh. two fingers to hit that so you can just concentrate on the other parts.
2: Oh, that, that makes w- sense. Yeah. He did such an insane job even without his capo and yeah. his guitar that he's used to. I,
1: it was can we all add to that like we always are in this precarious position when we have musicians on which is like we want them to fucking sing yeah but it's also like having to stand up on them like do some of your set. i know it, that feels a little
2: rude that we asked
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we asked and he immediately was like oh i'd love to yeah it was so sweet
2: god <laughs> if you could only listen to one leon song for the rest of your life
1: shy yeah yeah, yeah yours yeah. would be shy although man um motorcycle's growing on me a lot the more it's I, so good. Ugh, the more i hear it the more I,
2: I think i would have to pick river
1: that one is more timeless than all the others
2: mm. What a dreamboat!
1: God, we want to nurture him. <laughs> I want in my house to be him, and then in the next room over, Robert Durst.
3: Oh, and oh take God! Take care of
1: both these boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a protect them, and I'll feed them, and I'll bathe them, and You're I'll first. clothe them, and I'll take care of those little boys. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. That's all.
1: Okay. <laughs> Love you.
0: Love you. <laughs>